welcome to the Stilettos and Stouts podcast. My name is Christy. I am your host, and here I am with Ryan. Ryan, we have to start kind of, we have to pick up where we left off. And that was, I was so excited for the all-star skill competition. And it was yeah. just a massive disappointment. Yeah, and that's something that I've always enjoyed. Uh, I've always said forever the the skills competition is better than the game itself. Um, although they've tried to neaten it up in the past few years, the three on three certainly helps. Um, uh, but then again, you know, I find myself only watching the game that my guy plays in. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, the skills competition's trash. I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do with ever since PK Subban put on the Yager getup and did the shootout. They're trying to forcibly recreate that every single year. Like, it's impossible. I think it became, uh, and I understand it's, like, more geared towards, like, kids. So I get that element of it. Yes. But it's almost becoming, to me, very gimmicky. And it's not based on their actual skill anymore. Like, when I saw Mitch Marner's breakaway, I was very confused watching it. Same. Super confused. Had no idea what was happening. Didn't get why I should care. Like, that, mm-hmm. nothing was explained. Like, that's dumb. You've got guys that have extraordinary skill sets. Just let them show it off. And you know what? I usually end up doing the same complaining about the NFL Pro Bowl. I actually paid attention to that this year. That was a lot of fun. I would watch that again next year. That's a great format. So, one, I think the format this year was just very odd. because Terrible. It was too scramble. It was all over the place. And I think, too, what I've noticed over the past few years is the players that consistently go don't really want to be there or they don't seem like they want to be there on TV. Like even the interviews are really lacking personality. It's like you almost hear the cliche, like things that you hear during a game at the all-star competition. So it's not like fans are seeing a different side of the players. So I said, I think I tweeted out, I said, give me, it's not, it wouldn't be all-star, but like give me something where it's just like the best personalities of the league. Like, that's something that people would actually tune into because it's entertaining. Like, at Honestly, this point, you're not seeing skill. You're really not seeing personality. I mean, Con- besides Connor McDavid, the rest of it was just kind of like, eh. If you want to show their personalities, they should have, like, a loose dinner the night before where it's kind of like we roast the elder statesmen that are at the All-Star game. So, right, like, all the old guys that are there, all the young guys get to take a crack at them. And they don't wear suits. They just wear whatever the hell they want. And they all just hang out. And it's just all of them hanging out, shooting the you-know-what. I think that would be super interesting. Uh, did we all catch Jack getting interviewed where they asked him what color Gato he was going to drink that day? And he said that he got a slap quote. I believe it was slap on the wrist for saying Gato. It's BioSteel this weekend, which I thought was hilarious. That's so, I mean, yeah, the one so thing. So funny. The one thing with Jack is he's always honest. <laughs> you have to at least <laughs> right there. But when, even with him, I was watching the accuracy and I said to myself, if, like the anxiety I would have knowing that I'm doing a skill where I'm stuck there until I complete it, like my anxiety could never. <laughs> and then McDavid rolls up and it's just bink, 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 bink. Everybody sit down. Well, and it's just so funny because I was watching it with my husband, who, of course, doesn't really watch hockey. And besides McDavid, he's just like, this is the best the league has to offer because nobody was able to even score. Yeah, it's it wasn't it wasn't good. You know, you're not really showing off the 
natural skills of your players. Like even the fastest skater, it didn't look like those guys really wanted to give it their all. They're like, they all know who the fastest skaters in the league are. They don't care. Like come up with something better, make it a relay race and make one of them be a goalie. There we go. Three person relay. One of them's a goalie, one lap around the rink. One of the guys has to go backwards. Perfect. There's an event. And I just feel like it's kind of tricky because like for me, when I watch the game, like no, no player is going to want to get injured, especially. So I don't fault the lack of effort when it comes to the game, because could you imagine having like Jack Hughes or somebody get injured during the all-star weekend? And then it's like their team, like, no, you don't want that either. So I always was like, can't like cancel the game and just give me two days of skill. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see the things that we normally don't see throughout a game. But if that's the effort and the production that's going to go into it, I'm not even looking forward to next year. Make them play like pond hockey with a little tiny net and like make it, make it fun. Like there's nothing fun about what they did with that. And, and then the NFL in the same day, ironically enough was super fun. And I was really expecting it to be the opposite. Yeah, there needs to be something to draw fans in because right now, like, it's just it's, – it's not an event that's going to bring in people that don't watch hockey that might want to get into the sport because fans that watch the sport and know these players aren't even enticed or intrigued by the by the weekend anymore. No, and and one thing I did notice, and I'm fine with the no helmet before warm-ups. You're a grown man. You can do what you want. But if you're on my team and you're in the fastest skater and you don't have a helmet on, I am finding the crap out of you. That that's that is that you're asking for a problem. Like you're smiling and giggling because you're uncomfortable. But like, what if someone goes down and that little one foot padding they have on the bottom of the boards doesn't do it and somebody's head cracks into the boards? Like you don't have to be going that fast for that to be a problem. Like yeah. I, it's just you you got to do better. Yeah, there. Yeah, they it, a little bit to go a little bit like going back to the drawing board before they do it in Toronto next year. Yeah, well, then who knows? Toronto could love every second of whatever they're given or boo it the entire time. There's really no way to know with those people. So, But it'll be fun to see at least like fans get into it, because I think that was missing. Yeah, and, you know, you'd like to think the players would be more into it going to Toronto with the amount of them that are Canadian. Although, I mean, going to Miami kind of seemed like a good deal to me. Make the All-Star game. Have a free weekend in Miami. Like, not bad, but none of them looked like they wanted to be there. No, and I think it might have been the Chicago Blackhawks broadcast. They made a comment about moving forward, should it be the All-Star weekend in a warmer climate? Because the guys, most of them are headed toward to the south anyway to get some sun and then keep the stadium series north. And yeah. like the Winter Classic north and kind of divvy it up that way. And I, I thought that actually made a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't like them forcing the things like the stadium series and the winter classic into warm climates. I just, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. You know, give me Michigan, give me Boston, you know, Philly, New York works Northeast, you know, Northern Midwest, you know, it'd be fun to put one of those games, you know, in a city where you don't necessarily have NHL. Like what if they did Minnesota and Chicago in Milwaukee or something, right? Like something along those lines. It's a great baseball stadium, stuff like that could work. I actually love Lake Tahoe for an outdoor game. I'm like, that would be awesome. Like, do more, like, like, give me a hockey game that, like, the Grand Teams. Do you think they would ever do, like, a, uh, the way they do the overseas games, do you think they would ever do a game at the old Miracle on Ice Rink? 
I would love that. And I, I would, would lose it, my mind for that. I would make it my point to get a credential for that game. I don't even know if the doubles are playing, but that would be my goal in life. I've skated on that ice, and it's one of the coolest experiences in my youth was skating there and on the Olympic Oval outdoors in Lake Placid. I skated on the Oval uh, outside of it, and when I went inside, I don't know if I ever told this story. I went years ago, and I walked in, and they were playing Dream On, and I just had like, a moment, and I looked around, and nobody else understood because I was the only one that watched hockey and watched the movie, and I was like, nobody understands the significance like of this moment. So I just stood and like just took it all in. And somebody was like, you do realize the song's probably on a loop and plays like once an hour. I said, I don't care. This is my Doesn't matter. I need to take it. And then I think I ended up talking to the security guard to have me walk downstairs and walk like outside the locker room. Um, so that oh, was that's cool. Yeah, I don't know why. I think I just like schmoozed my way down there. I was like, listen. There was no security for any of that in the 90s. Like none. You could just public skate on the Miracle on Ice Ice. You could just go and do it. And you want to go to the locker room? You could just walk right in. Like nobody cared. Amazing. It was very cool. Yeah. I feel like we need to talk about the fact that Jack Hughes is a 35 goal scorer. Did anyone see that coming this year? Jack Hughes is also 21 years old. He's going to get better. (laughs) <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, I was at Monday's game and the MVP chants were loud and furious wow. every time he scored. I don't know. I, does, does the sound translate well up in the press box or does it kind of get lost a little bit sometimes? Honestly, I forget what it sounds like when you're in the stands, but you could definitely hear it. Like it's not like a muffled thing. The only chant this year that I really didn't know what they were saying was uh, – they did like a we want 50 chant when they played the Blue Jackets earlier in the season and had like 48 shots on goal. They were screaming, we want 50. And on the first <laughs> box, it was like, we thought it was like something, something Lindy. So we were very confused by what was going on there. I think people on Twitter had to help us out with that one. But the MVP was like very clear when you're up there. Yeah, and- I I loved it. It was, that was, that was a cool moment. I've only seen that a few times in my life at a sporting event where like, the crowd is all chanting MVP for someone. It was very cool. And it's just another reminder. It's just so funny because when he was asked during, during the All-Star uh, weekend about the Hart Trophy and everyone's just like, well, you know, it's going to Connor McDavid, who I think has like 93 points now, which is just. It's stupid. It's, stupid. it's just insane. <laughs> but like, this is also kind of like my problem with the heart is you have someone with that skill and that talent. And it's like, you're really just going to give it to him every year. Yeah. I mean, you you shouldn't give it to him every year. But you can all honestly make the argument that if you took McDavid off of Edmonton, they really wouldn't be that good. So you, it's not just like he's throwing up stats on a super team and, and it's one thing. Like, I, I you know, it, it'd be, it's tough to argue against him in this particular year. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I would it's say that it's going to be McDavid's going to be a clean sweep at number one for the heart this year yeah. on the ballads, I would think. Yeah, um, Jack's going to be there, God, for the next. 10 to 15 years in the conversation on the ballots every year, you're going to have to address him. I love the confidence. Ten, the next 10 to 15 years. He's 21. 21. He's not even a full grown man yet. He's no. a child. He, I'm old enough to be his father. Like not even just a haha joke as a teenager. No, like legitimately. Like that's crazy. It's always wild to me that like people expect like the younger players like him, like the 20 year olds, the 18 year olds coming in, like this level of maturity. And I always think in my head, I'm like, if they weren't playing hockey, they'd be in a dorm flipping a cup right now. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Don't even think about that. Like it's, it's so crazy. You, you look at him and, and my wife looks at him and she's like, he still looks like a baby. I'm like, he's barely oh, 21. 
He looks yeah, like a child. He looks very, yeah. So crazy. Very, very young. He really does. And um, it's just so funny because that kind of kind of brings me to uh, Nico, who's only 24. Yeah. Uh, I went to the gala last night, the fundraising event. And after uh, Nico did his on-camera, you know, that kind of duty, he came over and like, like not like off the record, we're talking to me and um, Ryan from NJ.com. Mm-hmm. And there's just like we were saying, there's such a level of maturity to Nico. When yes. you stand and talk to him, you really understand why he was named captain because he's 24 and talks like he's in his mid thirties. Like he even like about things that are off the ice and it's not, you're not talking about the game or anything like that. There's just such a level level to him. Yeah, it, it seems that way. It seems that he, that's the kind of person he is. Even when he was getting drafted with this whole, like, I like to hockey thing. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. When he would just said, I like to hockey, and it just endeared him to everybody immediately. He's he's always had that very quiet, stoic. It's, it's almost a very, like, Swiss, Northern Italy, European mm-hmm. thing. Like, just, just, he's got that aura about him um that it's I could see that being the case all the time that's great to hear and I think the good thing about the events like this is that you really do get to see their personalities and you kind of see like who they're like you know them hanging out with each other it's just so much more laid back and the only other personality I want to touch on is Vanacek his smile (laughs) he's so infectious because he's just so happy can we talk about his new mask real quick since he came up? Did you see the pictures today? Absolutely, you can. Oh, good God. What a genius. What a genius. Uh, the Marty flame on the chin and then up the sides of the mask. And then the the sketched out devil's logo on the top looks like Chico's old mask. That is very cool. And what a great way to endear yourself to devil's fans even more. Like people already love him. You're starting to see Vanacek jerseys in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I usually sit up in 124. Uh, fun fact, I did get season tickets for next year, so that's where I'll be sitting. Oh. Yes. Yeah, they conned me into it. <laughs> they conned me into it. I made him hey, wine and dine me. I made him wine and dine me for a night, but yes. Uh, yeah, I'll be sitting there all next year. But, um, you know, it, it. you're starting to see it upstairs more. You're starting to hear more like forced chance for him that gets started by a couple of people and then it just grows so mm-hmm. yeah it's really fun to have a goalie that the fans actually like again it's been a while it's been a long time because really yeah. you haven't seen the fan base really embrace a goaltender like this probably since Brodor. yeah and it Corey unfortunately was really good on some really bad teams and when the team started to get better he you know had the hip problem and that's like that's essentially death for a goalie Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always felt bad for him and liked the trade when that happened for the record. Uh, but you know, it never had, it never just happened for him. Right. It never really felt like it was going to, but everybody loves the VTech. And I yeah. love that he calls himself the VTech. That is awesome. It reminds me of Ricky Henderson. If you ever want to have a hoot, go back and watch some old Ricky Henderson interviews where he literally just sits there and calls himself Ricky the whole time. I went to a Yankees game when he was playing for the Red Sox and he went and sat down against the wall between every single pitch. And when he was asked why after the game, he said, Ricky's not going to waste Ricky's energy on anything except Ricky. Mm-hmm. Glorious, glorious. And him calling himself the VTech is just, I can't get enough of it. Well, it's so funny because I think it was Jackie Redman who I've interviewed and I adore. 
she put a thing on Twitter that said, I want to know like who some of the coolest players in the league are. And immediately I said, it has to, VTech has to be up there because not many players can get away with referencing themselves in third person and come off so endearing about it. No, and all his teammates think it's hilarious. It's not yeah. like, who's this guy big time in himself? No, his teammates yeah. think it's great. Yeah, like Jack could never get away in an interview referring no. to himself as Jack. Like no. people would have a field day with that. Connor McDavid, I don't even think can get away with that. Nope. But I, for some reason, VTech can get away with that. And it's just so wholesome and just so hilarious. When and the, the accent is just thick enough where you're like, is he making an honest mistake or is he just calling himself the VTech? It's great. I had to play back my audio a couple times. And I called <laughs> over and I was like, is that what he's saying? Is he saying like the VTech? <laughs> and it's hilarious. He, oh. I, he's a really nice guy. Oh, I mean, that's just made my life. Awesome, but like he was walking around the event yesterday and just the biggest smile on his face. Was he curling? Who's good at curling on the team? I got to be honest. Um, so the media was not there the entire night. So I can't really even answer that question too. Oh, I I, well, uh, hopefully I asked, next year I'll be there. So. Ryan and I asked um, Nico how his skill was. And he was like, I was, he, he, I think he laughed and was like, I'm happy, happy with my performance or something along those lines. So he, <laughs> he's probably pretty good. I would think anyone that has any bit of athleticism is probably decent because the biggest thing is balance. Yeah. Curling is fun. I've curled a few times uh, and it's, it is, it's way more challenging than it looks on TV. You look at it on TV, you're like, hey, he's pushing a rock. It's cute. No, it's, it's yeah. pretty difficult. Yeah, no, it's really, when I was watching people do it, I just thought to myself, just no. Like just there's there, there's not enough money that you can give me to be like. Oh, oh it's fun! Come on. I think I just put on an outfit that I I could talk if I if I had that situation. I'd be like, oh no, I'm in like really high heels and a skirt. Like I can't participate in this in this event. I'll I'll stick to just talking to people and just walking around and seeing what's what. I gather the I gather the more rural Canadian boys are good. Probably. I, uh, that'd be my guess. Probably that I feel like that's like their moment. Their oh yeah. Time. Oh yeah. And now that they're back after that long break, they played a game. It did. Didn't, didn't really play that well. No, it was kind of sketchy. Um the first period was kind of not, it looked like they were trying to find themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the second period, you had a minute of awesome. You had one minute of two Andre Palat goals, which were what were they, 20 something seconds apart? Maybe even less. Yeah, there were three goals, and I think it was like 56 seconds, 53 seconds, something like that. Yeah, um, but Palat going back-to-back -back like that, that's great for him. It looks like he's starting to feel it after the injury. Um, but, you know, they got bit again at the end of the period. With two minutes left, they got scored on. They got scored again with the last with a minute left in the period. Um, and it's almost like they're in the locker room two minutes before the period ends. That's the conclusion I've come to. Like, they're thinking about, all right, you know, maybe I've had my last shift. Let's go in. Let's relax. And you're like, oh, I got to go back out there. Oh, crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's that's what it seems like. You know, it seems like they're just not prepared for whatever reason in the last two minutes of periods, particularly the second. I notice it more in the second than I do in any other period. I have no stats to back that up. It's just what my eye says. It could also be they've been that good at the end of the third when they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, but th they're getting killed at the end of these periods, and they've got to figure out a way to fix that. Well, what I thought was interesting, too, was you went in the locker room and it wasn't like there wasn't the energy that there was during the win. And even during their winning streak, 
it was always kind of business as usual in the locker room. They never really like hyped themselves up too, too much. But, you know, Brad came out in that massive hat. So like everyone was laughing. Like, really <laughs> and then we went to the media room for Ruff's presser. And the minute he started speaking, his frustration with his team's performance was, it was palpable. Like you could just see how frustrated yeah. he was with their performance. And I think that it's kind of a good news, bad news, because the good news is, is that they're not playing at 100% and they are finding ways to win. And I spoke to Damon uh, Severson about this after Sunday's practice, I believe it was. And like he was saying, he goes, you know, we're not playing our best, but we're still finding ways to win. Whereas other years past, that just wasn't the case. So there's good news there that there's that resiliency in the group that they do find a way somehow. But at the same time, you can't rest on that because especially with where you're at in the season. Like you can't just walk in and say, all right, we don't need to play 100%. We could play like 75, 70, and I'm still, we're still going to get the win. So there's definitely things that need to be worked on as the season continues. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but you know, those are, those are the games you have to win. If you fancy yourself a good team, right? Like, mm -hmm. did you deserve to win that game? No. Did you, did you force it to overtime and, uh, you know, end up winning? Yeah, you did. Um, you know, you, you would have liked to win that in regulation and not put yourself in that position, but like, you know, if they had lost in overtime, they would have still gotten more than they deserved in that game. You know, they deserve to lose that straight up in regulation. And it's just so funny because as I was in the press box watching all of this and, you know, how excited the fans were and the back and forth, I said, I feel like, again, this kind of comes to perspective. I think if I was a fan, that would have been an enjoyable game to watch and be at because of the back and forth and the dramatics of it. Yeah, it depended on the fan, right? Like yeah. someone like me is watching this and, and just commenting to Ashley next to me. I'm like, this is a sloppy, you know what mm -hmm. show. Like, yeah. this is rough. Like, you know, and then we scored a few goals and, and I had also been telling her, I'm like, but this is a team that can change their fortune in a split second. And all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. um, and without that out, without that burst, you know, they, they really, it looks way, way, way worse. And they're getting killed for coming back off an eight day layoff and looking like, you know what? Yeah. And I think, you know, Ruff said after that, that first practice that, you know, some guys take a little bit like a couple games to kind of get back to, you know, game speed. Yeah, I um, can see that. But I thought it was a very sloppy performance. Um, the defense hasn't really been there. And that's not even just singling out the six guys on the blue line. That's just like the team's defense as a whole just looks a little off. Yeah. It's just not where it was at the beginning of the year. Just a little yeah. bit sloppier. Yeah. It, it almost looked like um, sometimes teams will have one of their you know, more unsung solid players like a John Marino comes back into the lineup and they're all like, all right, Marino's back. Sweet. Like, and, you know, mentally they can all kind of you know, just take a little like breather when they shouldn't. If mm -hmm. I, I'm probably having a hard time explaining that, but like, it's something that you see in athletes a lot. Like, Oh, he's back. Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to keep doing what I do. Um, and we, we will, we will absolutely need to start addressing Dougie Hamilton's lack of defensive awareness in lots of situations, because there's going to be a time when the game's going to matter and he's going to give the puck away in his own zone in a terrible spot. And it's going to cost the team a game that they need. Well, I think what I've kind of learned talking to former players 
is that you really do like the coaching staff. It seems like, and I'm not saying Lindy Ruff's coaching staff. This is just a very general statement. Mm-hmm. Is that you want your players to play to play to their strengths. So like oh, sure. Michael McLeod, right? You want him to win on win faceoffs. Like that's where you need him. You need him to be able to win the really tough draw in crucial moments of the game. Sure. And when it comes to Dougie Hamilton. As much as, like, yes, you're a defender, and this actually kind of comes into play with why I get so frustrated with the Norris Trophy, his game is his offense. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's his thing. Like, you don't sign a guy like Dougie Hamilton and expect, I think, like, star quality defense like you expect with Siegenthaler and Marino. I'm not yeah. saying that he's a bad defender, but that's not why you bring him in. You bring him in for his offensive contribution, and you bring him in to quarterback the power play and improve your power play. Sure. That's a fair point. Um, I could counter that with he's second on the team in giveaways still to Jack. Yeah, I just looked that up. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's still second. He's been second on the team all season. Um, and it, it, you can't. You can't be that guy. You know, he's too talented, right? Like, just imagine if he buttoned that up. He's such a talented player. He skates so well. His vision up the ice is outrageous. He makes plays that you don't see other defensemen make, mm-hmm. right? He, you know, he's passing through layers of defenders and hitting a forward in stride. Um, but a guy with that amount of skill and the hockey sense that he has for that, it just, you know, he's just got to pay a little bit more attention and sharpen it up. And just think of the caliber player he would be if he did that. He's still awesome. He, I'm not, I'm not complaining about Dougie Hamilton's like overall output to the team it's just that's a little thing that you'd like to think a guy at his skill level could clean up and i think too it's worth looking at who his defensive partner has been and like in his most successful seasons it's always the stay at home defense that can balance him out that can get back because i think when you look at the team and the team is known for their speed game i personally don't know if that speed game really you would say that about the defense. Like, the forward group is fast. Because even when you see the uh, the odd man rush, when the other team gets the breakaway, it's usually the Nikos, the Brats, and the Hollas that you see flying up the ice. If you, if you yeah. pay attention, it's usually one defender, and then usually it's a bunch of forwards. You usually don't see two defenders get back in time. There's always a forward mixed in there. Yeah, I've, I have to pay more attention to that. Um, but I did notice poor Eric Halla all over the ice. Actually, one of the players who, skating-wise and positioning-wise, had a great game on Monday. And he is just, good Lord, that poor guy. Oh, my God. Snake bitten in a half. Mm-hmm. Just in the right spot, probably three or four times to make a play. And is that not his season in a complete just nutshell? Yeah, I mean, I know in practice, I've seen him do it a couple times. He will actually like, well, everyone else is working on like shooting or like leaving the ice at the very end. He'll actually work on his skating and go like line to line just on his own and just mm-hmm. kind of work on his skating that way. But yeah, he, I I don't know. I, I feel like the more that I talk to former players and players and how I think it was maybe Cam Jansen that told me that, especially in like the Lou era, he was like, you know, he looked at his team as kind of like a band and you each had your instrument to play and he wanted you yeah. to just stick to your instrument. Like if you're a drummer, don't become a guitarist, like stick to what you are. And I look at Hollett and I think it's just so easy for fans to just look at his numbers and say that he's not good, but that's just so not fair because it's so 
all, yeah, like, it's, it's not. all the little things that I don't think like it's the wall play. I don't, it's things that I don't think you would really look for at all, especially in like watching the game live and not looking at like replays. And I, I feel bad for him for that. He shouldn't be the, like the whooping boy of, of the doubles for sure. He, he should not. He's positionally outstanding, mm-hmm. which is why when he was with Jack and, and it was working and everybody was like, well, he's not putting up points. And I was like, well, it kind of doesn't matter because mm-hmm. he's making space for Jack to create. And when that stopped being a thing, they moved him and that was the right thing to do. But, you know, positionally, he's really he's a solid player. And you can see why he's been on a lot of good teams. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the playoffs so many times in his career. And, you know, yeah. not you can't like a team of all of Jack Hughes is not going to win you anything. You need that balance. No. You need those guys that are going to do certain things and bring certain things to the table. And that's why when you look at the Edmonton Oilers and you look at a team that has Leon and Connor and you're like, why aren't they winning? Because it's more than that. You need it. Exactly. It's, it's a 200 foot game. There's every aspect and you need everyone. It was so funny because somebody at the gala was um, talking and they're like, oh, we all like pull on the same rope. And I'm like, oh my God, it's hockey cliches outside the locker room. But it's so true. Like you need everyone contributing <laughs> their own their own way absolutely i mean there's there's uh there's some people on hockey twitter who were like oh you know this is why eric hall has been on so many teams but then you can make the argument the reason he's been on so many teams is because everybody wants him for a cup run well that's the thing you know? when you see, like, that's and that's what it is everybody wants this guy for a cup yeah run. When you, he's a very valuable piece when you that. see kind of when he was traded there were a few times that it was like you know for the trade deadline and yeah that's why Oh yeah, and it's the locker room too. Like the locker room presence, I think makes a big difference. And that, again, that's something that fans don't see. They don't see the community. You know, unless you're sitting behind the bench, you're not watching and seeing like who's calling each other out, who's holding each other responsible throughout the game, who's the voice in the locker room. Because Platt has like previously said that you know he'll talk when he feels it's necessary, but he's not going to just go you know every every intermission and you know kind of like say what he has to say. But you also need the guys that are going to hold their team accountable. And it was so funny because Hollett refers to himself as being like a very intense guy. And you kind of see it, you kind of see it, especially after after a loss. And I'm like, that's what they need though. They need someone who's going to come in and call them out because that's what's going to eventually maybe turn the ship around in the middle of the game when they give up like, you know, a three goal lead and all of a sudden you're tied. Yeah. And one of the things I see a lot on the bench, I I watched a couple games this season in person kind of, close-ish to the bench it seems like the veterans really spend a lot of time explaining stuff to the kids like you see them pointing with their hands a lot Palat in particular Mm -hmm. looks like he holds court after every single shift he has his guys and he is talking to them and he is like hey you did this there you shouldn't have done that here's why bring this back give me an ipad look at Mm this um and ahala i noticed doing that too um and that's great to see. And that that's, that's got to be such a big difference from this year to last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to explain this stuff to these guys in real time when the coaches are busy coaching a game? Now you've got pl- players on your line that can spend the time with you and be like, hey, we can make this play different. What if you do this? Hey, the defense is playing us like this. When they do that, cycle it down low instead of on the half wall. You know, there's little things that veterans notice and veterans know, and they can communicate to younger players. And then those younger players immediately become better players just from the knowledge. Yeah. And I, I think it's kind of forgotten that everyone serves their purpose and it might not be putting up a million points. Like I know today's Brendan Smith's birthday. And like one of the comments I got was like, Oh, so he can retire. And it's like, you don't see the value. 
because it might not be the value that you want to see, but there is value to him being in the room and the team's turnaround, the team's, you know, record kind of reflects that again, Fitzgerald might not have gotten the big pieces over the summer, but it seems like he got the right pieces. To really yeah, it, cer- it certainly does. It certainly does. And a guy like Smith is fine in the role he's mm-hmm. in. And he's also a guy that you can stick up in the press box for two weeks and then put him in a game. And he's going to give you the exact same thing. So if one of your kid defensemen this year started playing really, really well, great. Awesome. Brendan Smith is your seventh defenseman and he comes in and plays for injuries. And when someone needs a breather, mm-hmm. you know, and he's your seventh, he's your sixth defenseman this year. I don't understand why people are giving him a hard time. He had a little bit of a rough game on Monday, but overall he's been pretty solid. Well, it's kind of just, it's just funny because it's like, you know, he doesn't have his worth, but then the minute that it's like open season on hitting Jack and Nico and Brendan's the only one that kind of takes up that, you know, role of an enforcer, then everyone loves Brendan Smith. Yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh that's it's convenience. And when it works for everybody is when it works. Um, you know, you'd like to see some more guys take on more of a role. Um, I, I, I would, I'd love to know. I'd love to get Miles Wood behind a tree and get two beers in him and be like, "Bro, did you get a concussion?" Um, I really want to see. <laughs> I really, really want to know the real answer to that question. My goal is to see Wood and Brat at the end of a practice do a "Who's the fastest skater" competition. That's Ooh. what I want to say because I think, like, in a straight line, I think nobody's beating Wood. But when you yeah, I was just going to say. And the corners and the edges, I think yeah. that I'm giving it to Brat over Wood, but that's what I'm waiting for. I want to know who's the fastest yeah. skater on the New Jersey Devils. In a, in a straight line, I, Wood reminds me a lot of Luis Mendoza from the Mighty Ducks, right? Like, fast as heck in a straight line. He has to turn. Maybe not. Yeah, that's that's going to be the goal for at some point. Is Maybe I'll ask the guys who the fastest skater is next time I practice. You should you should just go around the locker room and be like so and so says you're not the fastest skater and like get them all talking to each other and like make it a thing and see if you can bait them into racing after practice and oh, sit yeah. there and be I like, like yes like a villain in the stands just putting your fingers together or like who's the surprise one that they're gonna go out and skate and you're just gonna be like wait what I didn't realize like you just didn't, like a, like a boat like a boat quiz like super sneaky that you're like where did you come from. Yeah, that's like the someone with like a real long stride, but it's powerful, right? Exactly. Um, but that is actually all the time we have left. And honestly, kind of, I was telling you before we hit record, I actually just woke up from a nap because it's just been my Milo recovering for from cataract surgery has just been like a trip. It has been Dude, I could only imagine the idea of his nails scratching against a plastic cone, I think is worse than nails on a chalkboard. And he does it. He has a bewitching hour that starts around like four o'clock in the morning. So I think in the past like 72 hours, I'm functioning on maybe six hours of sleep. So I got a power nap in before we recorded. So if I sound a little tired, that's why I just woke up. (laughs) And we'll be back. We'll be stronger (laughs) and more energetic next week. We got you guys. See ya. Bye.